Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church broadcast. Man, I am so excited about this series that we're going to begin. I believe it's going to be so enlightening and so encouraging for you. And it's going to, it's going to open your understanding. And really, it's going to close the door to massive deception that's coming to you on a daily basis. You know, one of the things you want to realize is that One of the things that marks the age that we're living in now is massive supernatural deception. And the only only protection against supernatural deception is to have supernatural understanding. And supernatural understanding comes from understanding the Bible based on the finished work of Jesus, based on the life, the ministry, uh, the teaching, and then ultimately the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which brought about the new covenant called the covenant of peace. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the vaccination that you really need, and that's the vaccination against deception. Today we're going to be talking about supernatural science. Now, one of the greatest selling uh, series that I ever taught was probably taught about 20, 25 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, and uh, it was called Miracle Science and the Bible. Now, in that, in this, I, I deliberately dummied down the language. When I taught this, I had several scientists in my church. I talked to them about what I was teaching. Did it make sense? You know, was I dumbing it down too much? And, uh, you know, and I got a lot of, of, of criticism from scientists across country that, that I wasn't using proper scientific terms. Well, the whole point was that I was trying to put this, I was trying to take something very technical and put it into very simplistic language. But anyhow, one of the things that came about as preach, from preaching that series on Miracle Science of the Bible is that it was incredible how many uh, emails I got from parents saying that when their teenagers listened to this series, it changed uh, their desire to know the Bible. It changed their desire to know God. Because what was happening is these teenagers in high school and college they were being inundated with false science that made them believe that the Bible was an antiquated book full of myths and that we now live in a scientific age and we can trust science more than we can trust the Word of God, even though it's the most proven written history. And, 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 and in so many areas of life, it answers so many questions and has stood the test of time and has never been proven to be wrong. But you know that. Anyhow, so, I, you know, I, I love teaching uh, about science and the Bible. I, I love bringing those two pieces together. Now, don't make the mistake that when I teach you about science and the Bible, don't make the mistake that a lot of people make and think, oh, I'm going to go start reading scientific books so I can understand the Bible. No, if you don't understand the Bible to start with, you will just get confused because you won't be able to separate the wheat from the chaff. You'll, you'll think that everything that's written in a book under a scientist's name is actually scientific. And one of the greatest thing, foolish, most foolish things you can do is think that all scientific information is actually scientific. 
and it is not scientific. So, so uh, this is this is going to give you the chance. And by the way, to go back and read the Bible, understand it from from a scientific perspective, or let me put it this way: have terminology that comes from science that actually makes it possible for you to have a modern language that explains things that are happening in the Bible. You know, one of the things that I started saying back about 25 years ago, give or take a few years, is this, is that science is finally catching up with the Bible. Now, few people seem to realize or willing to accept the fact that really science has always lagged behind the Bible in bringing forth meaningful things about science, about creation, uh, a, a lot of the science of, of geology, a lot of the science of anthropology. Uh, the Bible's always been light years ahead of the science that we have in, in the world. Now, the only time the, the Bible really gives you inaccurate understanding of the, uh, uh, of the actual facts is when someone either doesn't understand what they're reading uh, or they have a dogmatic, uh, a dogmatic opinion that they want to force down your throats. But I believe that every word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit in the original language. I don't necessarily believe that all the translations are, in fact, inspired of God. Uh, they are attempts to help man understand the word of God. But the real truth is, uh, you know, we should have been like, Many, uh, many of our founders and many of our early political fathers, you know, back when they went to these Ivy League schools, they were required to study the Bible. They were required to learn Latin and Greek and, and, and biblical uh, translations, if you will. And, but all of that has gone away. Now, now these schools are godless, antichrist establishments, which actually thrive and are designed to turn your heart away from the knowledge of God. But uh, uh, remember, it was actually Christians using the Bible that brought us out of the dark ages of, uh, of religious sciences. And all the great discoveries were made by Christians. I mean, just even the fact that the earth was round was discovered in the Bible. Uh, and of course, that's, that's very simplistic, and we take that for granted now that everybody should know that, but the truth is everybody didn't know that, and uh, many of the greatest uh, discoveries that changed the way we look at our world, our universe, uh, came about from studying the Bible, and otherwise, we would still be stuck into, into paganistic, uh, religious, occult uh, concepts of the solar system of the universe and, and, of, and of planet Earth. So, uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you what, we, we need to learn to, I'm, I'm telling you, as parents and as families, we need to find ways to study the Bible or take real life courses. You know, that's why so many people, by the way, use our cyber church programs. Uh, some of them use these cyber church programs to have, uh, to have uh, eye groups where they invite people into their house and minister to their neighbors and stuff. But many people use these just to teach their uh, families the Word of God and a better, a stable understanding of the Word of God. So 
but we've got to find some way to teach our children and teach the people over whom we have influence and teach ourselves how to read, study the Bible and how to let God speak to us and how to make these great discoveries out of the Bible. Now, false science is, is it's amazing. And it's kind of, there's so many facets to this. I'm only going to bring a few points out about this, but false science, one of the things that the Bible points out is false science is a fake science that where people who are studying the universe, the solar system, the planets, the galaxy, people who are studying these things, they uh, choose to be ignorant of what they're saying. They choose to not know. They choose not to see the truth because if they saw the truth, it would challenge them. you got to realize uh, the world has become so wicked that right now, as iniquity rises, and iniquity is a key factor that makes it possible for the Antichrist to rise to power. And the iniquity is where you reject the morals, values, and standards of the Word of God and create your own. Now, it's always been based on the era of Balaam, which goes all the way back to uh, the era of Lucifer, the era of Balaam was this. If we can just put godlessness before the children of Israel, then they will get into sin and they will destroy themselves with God because the devil has never had the power to destroy you. The devil has never had the power to kill you. The devil has never had authority over you. The devil has, has one tool, and that's deception. And that deception is always used to say, I can show you a way to get the gratification for your desires and, and really not need God. I can, give you, I can give you everything that God offers you and more. And, and you don't have to deal with those pesky rules and all, and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, uh, I remember reading about one particular situation. I don't, I, I, right now at this very moment, I'm not going to go into all, all the details, but uh, the, the children of Israel, God had told them, do not enter, don't give your sons to the daughters of these, of this particular group of people in uh, Canaan, or in Canaan. Now keep in mind, in Canaan, uh, in certain religions, on a regular basis, a man would send his wife, his daughters, and his son down to the temple to be a temple prostitute, which means that his sons and daughters would be involved in every kind of ungodly immorality, homosexuality, every, everything you could think of, they would be in, involved in it. And so that meant that these, these godless women who worship these false gods, they were a lot more sexually active. They were more sexually more knowledgeable than uh, the Israelites because that, that was totally uh, against everything that God taught us about morality. And so it was always a temptation for the, for the Israelite men to want to get these, these women that were so sexually advanced and so sexually crazed. And, uh, and so I remember one particular story where, where the men found some justification for going in and began having sex with the women. Now, in the Bible, many times God will say, if you do this, I'm going to cause this to happen. Well, in, in the Hebrew language, 
many times when it says God is going to do something, he's going to take action for something bad or something destructive. Sometimes he does have to do some destructive things to protect the innocent. But the great majority of times uh, when God says he's going to take an action, or if you take this action, he's going to have to take another action. That is usually presented in what's called the HIFL form, which is spelled H-I-P-H-I-L. And the one of the interesting things about that form is that it's, that form is saying that the subject of the sentence actually does not take action to cause any of the, anything that happens uh, going forward. So God is warning them of the actions that will come. He's really not saying, I'm going to make this happen to you. He's just saying, I'm warning you, this is going to happen. So the children of Israel go down and then a plague breaks out. Of course, you know, you read this and you're reading this poor translation. So you're saying, well, see there, God is, man, but God broke this plague. I don't think, well, when you begin to study this as nearly as we can tell in the Hebrew language, what happened was the men began to get venereal disease. And so because they had an outbreak of venereal disease, but because they got involved with these incredibly sexually active immoral, godless people, and they began to suffer the, the, the consequences of, of these things. So, so God has always warned us not to take certain paths. And one of the sad things is every time God warns us not to go down a certain path, religion will tell you that he is telling you he's going to curse you if you go down that certain path, or he's going to cause all of these bad things to happen to you. And God warns about false science. God warns about people who choose not to know his word. Because again, we want to fulfill the lust of our flesh. We're just like the children of Israel. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, man. We got some really hot, sexy women down there. They're, that, man, they know about, more about sex than our women do. We, we, we need to find some way to ignore God and go down here and do this. And of course, what happens then then you get into sin, your heart hardens, and you turn your back on God, your life gets worse and worse and worse, and then you blame God, and your heart you fret against God. But I want you to understand something. Rather than immorality, and, and you know some of the top sins, if you will, rather than those things actually destroying entire nations, uh, most of what has in, destroyed entire nations, number one, corrupt politics, number two, corrupt religion, and number three, all of that relies on and rides on the back of corrupt science or false science. So, so almost every scientist in the world, not every scientist, there, there's some godly scientists, there's some wonderful science, but probably the great majority of scientists have a prejudice against God because they want to live these immoral, ungodly lives. Remember in the book of John, it says, this is one of the reasons people run from the light. One of the reasons people don't come to the light. One of the reasons people don't want to see the truth is because, that, because of their evil deeds makes them love the darkness instead of the light. So people who are immoral, people who are godless, people who are dishonest, they don't want to see the very plain and obvious truth that's out there. So right now, science is shaping the minds of every person in the world. Uh, and most of what they're using and insisting to be so accurate and so true is not true. It is not proven. And in fact, in most cases, it is proven to be false. Let me just tell you some things here. 
And you can do your own research and find this if you are interested in knowing the truth. You may not be interested in knowing the truth. You may, you know, you may be like the majority of believers. You're just going to wait back. Let somebody else go read it for you, come up with their own opinions and tell it to you. And then you're going to go out and dogmatically fight about it as if you got this out of the Bible for yourself. But really, the truth is uh, we, we have more proof for a six-day creation than fake science has for the uh, you know, a multi-million-year creation. We have more proof for a worldwide flood than, than anything that, that opposes it. We have more proof that absolutely annihilates the false science of Darwinianism. Uh, and in fact, there is not one, there's never been one actual proof uh, of Darwinian evolution ever been discovered. There's been thousands of pieces of information and fossil records that have been found and discarded so that the truth could never come out. We have proof that there were Nephilim, just like the Bible warned us about. We have proof about the crossing of the, of the children of Israel in the Red Sea. We have proof that Moses got millions and millions of gallons of water out of a rock. And that we, we have proof of hundreds of other biblical events that for centuries, we have been told that science proves that these events never, ever happened. Now, I'm 70 years old. I've been hearing this stuff. I've been a believer for almost 50 years. And I am telling you time after time after time during my 50-year journey with Jesus, there would be the supposed scientific facts that had, had been totally proven that the Bible was not true, that it was not accurate, only for some later time for scientific evidence to come forth that actually the Bible was absolutely right. But you never hear the scientific community come out and say, oh, maybe we need to consider this. Oh, maybe, maybe we need to think about and we need to think about that. You know, there's this thing that's called the scientific method, and I'm really not going to go into it very much, but it's really interesting. It looks like the whole process for the scientific method has changed over the years because, because really anytime we're researching something in the natural world, it's supposed to be observable and we, and we have to be able to duplicate that experience uh, by observing it again. For example, you can't find something and say, okay, we guess because of this, that this happened and, and this, you know, this rock here is 200 million years old or whatever. You know, by the way, uh, the, the way, uh, the form of, of carbon dated, radio, radiocarbon dating, uh, none of that actually is, is accurate. And you would be completely surprised to understand how much guesswork goes into what is supposed to be, you know, this scientific way of, of dating fossils and, you know, dating things that, that have been found. Well, one of the things, one of the things that we know, and we can know today is Psalm 19 one says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. And when we read a scripture like that, we just think because the heavens are so glorious, because they're so wonderful, because they're so beautiful, they declare the glory of God. No, actually what the psalmist is talking about is that for the first 2,500 years on planet earth, every person in the world knew the gospel story. 
because what we now call the zodiac, actually these constellations were identified. And, you know, there's some question about how this happened. Most people think God taught Adam and Seth about these things. And so for 2,500 years, uh, these people that lived to be six, 800, 900 years old, they could look at these constellations and every single year, it was a repetition of going through these signs that we call the Zodiac. And the entire gospel story was written in the pictures in these constellations, everything from what happened in the garden to, to the second coming of Jesus. So for 2,500 years, everybody knew the story. Everybody knew what was going to happen. But well, why didn't people just turn to God? Because they didn't want it. They wanted wild sex. They wanted to control nations. They wanted to dominate people. They wanted to own slaves. They wanted to be murderous and corrupt. And so at the Tower of Babel, this is where Nimrod, the first Antichrist, actually changed the names of the signs of the Zodiac. And from the Tower of Babel until now, uh, we, have, we have interpreted, understood the signs of the Zodiac based on, uh, based on the godless. Now, one of the most interesting things that will justify the righteousness of God more than probably anything that has ever happened on planet Earth, whether you believe it or not, whether you want it or not, Jesus is coming back. And um, prior to Jesus coming back, there's going to be this thing called the rapture. A lot of people fight over when the rapture is going to take place. The real truth is nobody knows. Uh, but the important thing is it's going to happen. And we will be transformed. We will meet with the Lord. And, you know, when the Bible talks about us standing before God, where, and, and he says, now, you've been faithful over much, you're going to rule over much. That, I don't know if that has anything to do with what we're going to do in the new heavens and the new earth. But when Jesus comes back to overthrow the Antichrist and his armies, we will come back with him. And we will be the ones that are ruling and reigning with him over the entire earth. And it will be our job to rule in the justice of God. And we're going to have a thousand years where we're going to have true uh, justice. And, th and in this thousand years, I got news for you, uh, probably almost every big pharma company is going to be annihilated. I mean, there's going to be so many things that are going to be removed from planet Earth because these things that we're told that we have to have to be safe and to be healthy are really nothing but money-making scams that, that kill us off and keep us sick so that, so that, you know, the great whore, as the Bible calls it, can keep on working this whole, this whole money scam system. But, but yeah, let me say this. I'm about to forget it. So at the, after a thousand years of it getting back to where it, it, the Bible actually says, if somebody dies at a hundred, they'll be considered a child. The lamb will lay down with a lion. All of these things are going to happen. And, and we're going to get to see for a thousand years how the earth could have been if we had trusted God and, and brought forth the justice of God into planet earth. But after a thousand years of peace, prosperity, uh, uh, no wars, and all these things, there is going to be a final revolt of wicked people. See, because during the millennium, everybody thinks, uh, I say everybody, so many people think that when Jesus comes back, ever, that everybody either goes to heaven or hell right then. No, when Jesus comes back, uh, well, first, there's going to be a rapture, and then those that were raptured are going to spend time with him and preparation, I'm assuming, 
Uh, and we're going to come back with him to rule and reign uh, on planet Earth. People are going to be born. People are going to die. There's going to be people that are going to be godless. There's going to be people who are going to be godly. But at the end of that thousand years of seeing it actually work under the personal reign of Lord Jesus Christ, the wicked are still going to rise up and say, we don't want you. We want control. We want power. We want wealth. We want to dominate other people. And so we're going to have the final gathering together against the Lord and the final absolute uh, destruction of the wicked and the final, the final uh, uh, putting away of Lucifer. And, and then that's going to lead us into the new heavens and the new earth. And there won't be, sinners won't be there to corrupt that like there was in, in this situation that we're in right now. So, so what you come to realize is, you know, there's all these humanistic concepts that say, well, really, the reason people are wicked is because they're poor. No, the reason people are wicked is because they've got a wicked heart. The reason people are murdered is because they didn't have a fair chance. Everybody else said, no, the reason people are murdered is because they're mean, they're angry, they're godless, and they, they want to murder you, they want to steal from you. It is all about the condition of the heart. And, and after a thousand years of Jesus ruling and reigning, we're, we're going to realize that, you know what, he was right all along, all of these scientists, all of these humanitarian type concepts. They were all Luciferian lies designed to make us believe that the word of God is not a way to have justice. So, so we're going we're gonna to jump into looking at uh, the scientific concepts of the Bible, and we're going to be talking about the portal into his presence. We're going to be talking about portals that exist physically all over the world that the ancient Nephilim and the ancient occultists used to be able to, to actually transport themselves in and out of this dimension of the world and probably use it to, to transport themselves to other parts of the world. We're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at the 10 dimensions uh, of the universe, and we're going to look at how that sin alienated us from six of those dimensions of the universe and what we can do and how we can begin to function in uh, more of, of those dimensions, we're going to we're going to look at the universe from God's perspective. But the key thing we're going to be looking at is the portal of how we pass directly into God's presence to experience the supernatural, experience healing, to experience deliverance, to experience freedom. By the way, let me mention this to you. I do have an incredible new series for this. My series are designed to go along with these video series. Most people who are really, really serious about digging in and making a journey of being disciples, they want, they want to get the audio that goes along with this. But don't worry, you know, the one is not just an overlap of the other. I'm going to do everything I can to give you the tools and truth and reality because I want you to see supernatural science where you understand how to identify the science that helps you, that actually helps you catch up with the Bible and discover the place, how we can use that to go to the scripture and get the language that we need. Uh, the truth will be in the scripture, the language that we use to describe that truth, to make it understandable to people in this generation is going to be more in science. And listen, go to my website, drjimrichards.com or go to impactministries.com and check out all the things and re resources that we have. We have hundreds of free video series for you. I want to invest in your life. I want to make sure that you are equipped to be an overcomer as we face the days that are ahead of us. So listen, you know, be ready for what's coming next. Be ready for 
be ready to take a, a step into the supernatural in a way that not only is completely harmonious with the Bible, but it's completely harmonious with, uh, with the scripture. So be looking forward to talking to you next week. Send this people, share this with people, share it with your kids, share it with your teenagers, give them a chance to discover what you are discovering. So listen, I'm Jim Richards. This is Impact Cyber Church. I will be talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.